0: Hey, everyone. I hope this finds you safe and healthy. It's kind of scary times out there right now. Um, In in light of everything that is going on, I was able to nail down a good friend, John Betty from Stealth Tackle. I mean, this guy's so busy that it takes a nationwide lockdown to get him on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, listen, I shouldn't joke about this. It's, It's some pretty serious stuff we're dealing with right now, something we've never, ever dealt with. You know, and I don't mean to diminish it. it. It is very serious. It's it's scary times for all of us. But um, I'm hoping this podcast finds all of you well, and and I hope John and I can help you escape the chaos at, at least for a little while. So, Stealth Tackle uh, came on board as a as the title sponsor of my podcast. So, um, John is joining me via phone, not in the studio for obvious reasons. So, hey, John, thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, no problem. Look, been looking forward to it for a while actually. Since really, since you started the thing, I mean, through the years, you know, there's just so many stories just between us and stories that you've had that, that when you started doing it, I was I was kind of excited to uh, to hear about it happening and see it kind of evolve. So, and looking well, forward to it. My plan was my, my plan
0: was to get you up here and do a fishing trip, and yeah. and then and then record a podcast. But I was sitting here last night and I thought. Well, hell, I'll guarantee you he ain't out doing anything. So maybe I'll just, just <laughs> see if see if he got time today. And yep. you know, you, you you joked when I texted you last night and said he got time for a podcast, and so you're like, you're kidding, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty uh, much, yeah. It's, right,
0: uh, yeah. So hey, hey. So John and I have known each other for many, many years. I, I just I want to take the next you know, hour or so, um, talk about those years, and, and this is kind of how I want to do it, and I, I, th- I hope you're okay with this, but I want to talk about the early years, John, before Stealth Tackle, sure. and yeah. and then we can finish up with the start of Stealth Tackle and, and where Stealth Tackle is today.
1: Sure, absolutely. Cool,
0: so I'm going to start with a story. Those of you that know me know that I'm a storyteller. Well, it's probably why I got a podcast, but... Um, it was November and I, I think you're in agreement on this timeline, John, probably 2003, 2004. Um, I, I don't recall the exact year, but that's, it's gotta be one of those years. I was home midweek. It was November. We were staring down the barrel of freeze up, up in Northern Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, I I was right in the heart of guiding muskies at that point in, in my life. And my landline rang. Yes, believe it or not, we, that back in those <laughs> days we all had landlines. And uh, John was on the other line looking for a guide for the upcoming weekend. You know I, I told him I was available and he, he I remember he said he, he wanted to hire me for a full day. And I said, listen, I said it, it makes no sense to do a full day. It's going to be 20 degrees in the morning. I said we only got about eight hours of daylight right now and, and to, to do a full day. It, it just wouldn't be worth your while. So, you know, I, I talked him into a, into a half day because that's what made sense. It made sense right. for the fishing, and it, yep. and, it, and it made sense for you guys. I mean, listen, I, I could have taken advantage of you and done an eight-hour day, but what right. the hell would that have done? So And, right. and you were good with that, you yep. know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I told, I told John that when, when we talked that night, I said, listen, it is going to be cold. And you said you didn't care and and uh you you had a room booked and you guys were gonna be up there. I Remember, you were staying in Manaca yep. and uh and and, and and I took you guys out, took you on a on a deep, clear Cisco based lake that I knew it was gonna be open. Mm-hmm. And it was a memorable trip, to say the least. Uh there was there was many firsts on that on that trip. We had literally had water freezing before our eyes. Uh, yeah. Bulldogs were coming into popularity back then, and, and at the time you were throwing a lot of them. You actually clued me on how to throw bulldogs, and and probably the most memorable was the, the slash tires at the boat landing.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say I, I would say the most memorable was probably we did put a fish at the boat that day, so yes, yes we did. Yeah. That was the most memorable part, and then the, the downside was getting back to the ramp, and all you're thinking is, I just want to get back in a warm truck, and yeah, yeah. then we're up yeah. there uh, changing tires. So. Yeah, so I don't to this day, folks. I
0: don't know. I mean, I know what the hell happened is my tires got slashed, but you right. know, you know, I had some, you know, my, my guide business was Onida Esox Guide Service. I had some, you know, one sticker on the back of my truck and you know i don't know if someone thought i shouldn't be on you know air using air quotes at their lake but they took mm-hmm. out one of my slash one of my truck tires and a boat trailer tire so we weren't just changing one we were right. changing two you know right. and, and and i said to john and and the gentleman he was with i said oh you guys you know i'll start the truck you guys can sit inside and get the truck warm and, and john said ah bullshit and he was on the, on the back on the ground with me and and helping me and and uh and, and and Howard actually was too. Both of you guys were yeah. helping, so I mean that that got us yeah. out of there in in, in really quick time. And, and and I said, you know, listen, I appreciate it. Uh, let let me buy you a beer. And we found a found a warm bar in Lake tomahawk and had a beer, and and that was kind of the start of a of a of a long friendship. So yeah,
1: exactly. And it wasn't so much we wanted to help you out; it was you know we were. After that, after that cold day on the water, we just wanted, we wanted to get some cocktails in us. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was cold. And yes. folks,
0: this is how cold it was that day. This was another part of the story that, that, that I remember is we were in this back bay, um, fishing this, this, uh, steep breaking shoreline. And mm-hmm. I had seen this before and, and I knew what was going on, but Ho- Howard said, it was either Howard or you, I am not what one of you guys said, Hey, Hey, what that, this water looks funny. What, what's going on back here? And, and for those of you that have never witnessed water freezing up, I mean, you know, not like in an ice cube tray, but a lake where the water freezes, it's like the surface of the water almost appears to get oily. Yeah. And, and that's because the molecular structure of the water is mm-hmm. changing. It's, it's going yeah. from liquid to solid. And, and I said, well, I said, that water's freezing. And, and you guys were like, bullshit, that <laughs> water's not freezing. I'm like, I'm telling you, that's what that is. And it was glass calm. And you know the temp probably got up to 31 or 32 that day, but as a, as the sun went behind the clouds, I mean it was dropping fast. It was probably it was probably 18 degrees by the time we got off the lake. And I said, "No, I'm telling you, that's that's water freezing." And uh, about two or three casts later, and I remember this was the last cast of the season. It, uh, that depth rater of Howard's landed it landed on ice. ice. You know? it, was, yeah. it, it it didn't never even splash. You know, right. So yeah. and and and
1: you, I mean, do you recall that? Yeah, and I, uh, I think I recall we had to break ice to get out. I, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, to get back into the truck, we had to we had to break ice to get back with the boat to get back to the boat ramp too. Yeah, I yep. think it had froze back up again. So yeah, yeah, yeah that was that was probably to this day still one of the coldest days I've ever fished.
0: Yeah, that 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 was cold. Well, I had a heater going. I don't know if you remember this, but I had yes, a heater going yeah. that we could put our rods against. We all mm-hmm. had a couple of rods and, and one would freeze. We'd we'd put the reel up against that, that heater, mm-hmm. you know, gassy little uh propane heater that I had. And that would that would and then cause literally you'd got about 10 or 15 minutes with a reel. Right. You know, be, before the thing froze up. So um it, it was it was quite a way to uh to start a a, a friendship of fishing. Uh, yeah. you know, one one of the coldest days and it was one of my coldest days I've ever musky fished. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, and I ultimately brutal. Yeah, that that cold actually probably uh helped us get that fish in the boat, but because because of the reels freezing up, we mm-hmm. pretty much were committing to very little casting but uh vertical jigging. So yep. and yeah. you got that one at 40 incher uh yep. vertical jigging. So yeah.
0: I th- I think I'm, I I must have caught it on a fuzzy does it because that's what I was using back then.
1: Right. Yep, I think had, it was. Had, yep,
0: yep, had, had, had the better fuzzy and 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 a fuzzy does it and and we'll get to this, folks. But that fish was one of many that visited the boat when the two of us were together. But we'll yep. we'll, we'll 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 get to that. Um, but the one thing that I remember about that trip was I was a young, up and coming, you know, guide, and and thought I knew knew just about everything about musky fishing. I was pretty cocky, <laughs> and I was catching a lot of fish. And you guys had them bulldogs, and and I just I'd never thrown them very much. Well, you guys. And you guys showed me how to throw them things, and you know, I I I remember I learned I I learned a lot from uh, you guys on how to throw those bulldogs.
1: You know, yeah, yeah. We we had a lot of a lot of success with those, and you know, that was something that we picked up. You know, going up, uh, we started going up to Andy Myers Lodge previously before that. Okay, and yeah, you know, uh, Herbie, you know, was just huge on those things. And this was pre. Pre-Double uh, Ted days, before the cowgirls really started started getting popular, and, and that was, uh, it was all bulldogs and grandmas, you know, and you, and you worked up you know, hard, erratic, and ripped stuff, and, and it, it worked, so. That was the part that you guys showed me that I'd never seen. I always right.
0: worked a bulldog, low, slow, and deep. I had never right. seen that. I mean, hell, you're working them almost like a glide bait. I mean, they didn't right. they didn't go left and right like a glide bait right out of the surface, but you guys kept them high in the water column. Really right. high. Yeah. Yeah. I I I had never seen that before. You yeah. know. So that so that that was that was kind of the the three things I remember about that that first trip was it was cold. You guys <laughs> showed me some different things with with a bulldog and 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 slash tires, but I'll never forget <laughs> this part too. I'll never I, I think it was Shamrock Barn like Tomahawk was where we went and and i remember sitting in there thinking i don't know if my fingers are ever going to thaw out. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: god yeah, it, my
0: hands were cold it was it just took brutal. a long
1: time that was a long thaw for sure yep you know,
0: it, it was it was just brutal and and then i had to drive back to rhinelander and i was scared to death because my spare was uh all oh, right yeah. if, you, if you ever watched the movie a christmas story you know my spare was kind of like like that spare i mean it yep. was a bad tire but i made it. i made it back so yeah no, i
1: think geez. i remember when we were changing it thinking Okay, when we put the thing out <laughs> off the jacks, is it gonna even? Is it gonna stay? You know, right? So, yep. You because know, yeah. I I drove
0: old trucks back in the day because I was so hard on them. So it was, you know, it was an older Ford F one fifty, and I mean, I I mean, I remember I remember just trying to get the spare off was a miserable bitch. Right. That was whole. Yep. Yeah. 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 That 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 was tough, but you know that that first trip. You know, I, I knew right then that, that, that you were a good guy and, and, and we clicked And you know, we, we fished a number of times together. Yep. Um, another trip that I remember was you guys were coming up on the summer night and I believe it was you, you and Howard again. And I think I told you going into this, I'm like, this is bad. I mean, fishing was bad. I was Mm -hmm. in a slump like I was in a slump like I'd never been in. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was just trying to think of something we could do that, that was completely off the wall that none of the other guides in the area were doing. <laughs> and, and, I, and I asked you guys, I said, are you guys up for an adventure? And you guys were like, hell yeah. And I said, listen, I said, I'm going to take you someplace I've never been before, but I, but I have a hunch there's fish there. And, and I said, so this is new. And, and you guys are like, let's do it. Yeah, and and we launched. I, I was running a big nineteen foot tracker at the time with a one fifty on it, and I'll never forget the look on your guys' face when we pulled up to that boat landing, and that, <laughs> that that river was no wider than a ranch home right there. Right. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it
1: was more like what we would call a creek, not a river. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. But we put that big boat in there, and I knew that boat would go in there because I tested that that part. I knew. Uh-huh. I, I I had because and, and I don't know if you know this, but that boat landing on that river was about two miles away from the boat landing where, um, where we first, where we first fished. Okay. Yep. That you, you probably didn't realize it, but that's no, it I didn't. Right the, nope. Yep. It was, yep. That was literally about two miles away from the first lake I took you guys on. So I knew my boat would go in there and, you know, i talked to enough <laughs> other guys that had, you know, canoed it or bass fished it or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I wanted to get down. Was, there was a certain stretch I wanted to get down to, and you know we floated down just fine, but but uh, coming up proved to be a challenge. Remember that?
1: Yes, very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were. I don't know how far we pushed the bolt, but we were all out. We were all out. You know, summer. We had shorts on and it was warm, mm-hmm. but we, we were all out. You know, pushing that thing. I bet we pushed it for five, six hundred yards, I think. You know. Yeah, it
1: was quite a ways. I remember. I remember when it when we first hit it, it just kind of stopped. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, well, <laughs> yeah. I think we're gonna have to do some pushing.
0: Yeah, oh. and and then and then once I did get it up on plane, I didn't. I, Oh my god, I was I was puckered running that stretch of river that, but there was probably a foot of water. and yeah. I we got it up on plane, and and uh, we I got her back to the boat landing just just fine though. You know, right? But yeah, that was probably one of the few days we would ever caught fish together. Yeah, you know, yeah, we did see yeah. a couple. We saw we saw
1: some really impressive fish in there though. I remember thinking, well, you know, something's better than nothing, and maybe. Maybe we'll get lucky and get into, you know, something small. And and I remember around one of those uh, bends where those bull rushes came all the way out. And you raised I, you raised them. It was one. a big fish, yeah.
0: And yep. I was like, okay, I like this. So. Yeah, you, you, yeah, and I, th- I think we saw three or four of that, day. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we did. Yep. They were yep. decent-sized fish, but that one that came off that bull rush was a big fish. That was a big fish. That yeah. was a big fish, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you know, uh, sadly,
0: all the other times I fished up there and, and you know, lived there before I moved down here <laughs> in nine I don't know that I ever, that I ever fished, that, fished that again. I don't huh. know that I ever did. Pretty yeah. silly, but. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was an adventure there too. There, there isn't too many guys that wouldn't fire a guy after, <laughs> after <laughs> one, one trip there, there, you know, we got to help this clown change tires because his tires got slashed. Now we're helping his jackass now we're pushing push his, 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 his boat <laughs> up forever. Right. Yeah. You continue to fish with me. So,
1: well, and uh, the, the funny thing too, I also remember about that day is we were, so we were down at that, in that little Section of the river you call it or whatever, so it was real protected there. But wasn't there all kinds of tornadoes or or tornado warnings in the area that day when we when we got off the water, I, we didn't even know about it. I got my
0: ass handed to me when I got home by Carolyn
1: because she's yeah. like, "Did you
0: not have any idea what's going on?" Yeah, I'm like, yeah, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. We were, we're right. fishing right in the river, canopy of trees basically over us. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, and then I took you guys back. You guys were staying at a campground up and up in um, Bonnechere Lake, Tomahawk, right. yep. weren't you?
1: I think so. And, yeah.
0: And, yep. And, and your buddy was up there, and he's like, "Did you guys not know about all the tornadoes?" We're like, right. "No." Right. But we saw some really big fish.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and back in those days, it was you know, cell phones were. Yeah. We had cell phones, but we didn't have. There was there a reception. Yeah, yeah. There, there was no reception. reception was right. And yeah, exactly, they could,
0: call, they could call or text, and right. Yeah. And I know there was no no cell service in that section because it was halfway between Rhineland or Monaco where there was mm-hmm. nothing. You right. know, you know, yeah. not now there probably is, but yeah. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about that part of that trip. But yeah. yeah, you're right. We got back and yeah, there was yeah, it was it got bad, but, but I don't know, it didn't get bad by us. We just kept fishing, right? You know? Yeah. Yep. So listen, as we continue to fish together, um you know, something happened and I'll never forget it. And and you asked, you called me and you asked if it was, it would be okay if your, if your son Matt came along mm-hmm. and uh, he said he was just starting, starting to learn to fish. And I said, absolutely. Bring him along. And, uh, I don't know that me and you and Matt ever fished where, where one of us didn't, we didn't put at least one in the boat. No, that you know? is true. That is true. Man, we had, we had some fun. Um, yep. I remember Matt's first fish casting. Do you? Yes, yes. I do. Do you remember what Laurie caught it on?
1: Well, I'm ninety percent sure it was on a. I'm not sure about the size, but it was a small suick. I believe. Yep,
0: that's yep, that's yes. what it was. And I, I was need a, to probably find. the to...
1: seven-inch suick. I think it was there. It yeah. was that little one. So
0: yeah, and I think it was. I can find it. I know I still have it. I think it was a. uh I saw came out with that sideways pattern with the,
1: yes. with the blood red hooks. With the, yeah, with a, the red hooks, it was one of those new, because I remember it being one of those new ones. I think the eye, yeah, it was the sideways pattern. I was thinking it was yep, something and, with the eye that they put yeah, an eye I, on the bottom.
0: I the was on top of the lure. Or on top, and, okay. Yep. yep it had, or it might have been the bottom one or the other. I don't know. I, I'd have to look. I, mm-hmm. You know what I need to do is I need to res- find that lure and just, uh, I need to get that in Matt's hands. He should there have you that go. lure. Yep. yep he, sh- he, sh- he should have that lure. So, um i also remember one day uh ha- having a plan with with you and matt and and it just the morning failed and and i called a hail, hail mary and i don't remember much about the fishing this day but but i said guys look we, we need to move that might have been the day that matt got his first fish i think now it was I think about i think I, I th- it was yeah i think, I think we it started
1: was. on one lake at uh in town almost. In town, and then, yeah, you're like or this. the other, just side town. Other, other side of town. Other side of town, because we have drive through town. So, yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. And and I thought, in the interest of time, normally I, I always like to, you know, take my clients for, you know, for a nice lunch at a tavern or something and get a, you know, if, you know, I never drank when I got it, but if the clients wanted to have a beer, they'd get a beer and a burger. But in the interest of time... I said, hey, are you guys okay with going to McDonald's? And, of course, Matt was young. He loved right, McDonald's. exactly. Right? He's like, hey, I'm on vacation, and I'm still getting my McDonald's. Yep, and I'm fishing. Right. And and I, I, I just remember sitting in the truck eating cheeseburgers or whatever the hell we got it, and, and he looked at me and, and said, well, you showed me a lot of first while fishing. This is another one, <laughs> yeah. McDonald's for lunch. in the McDonald's parking <laughs> lot
1: eating the McDonald's in a truck, yep.
0: Oh, oh, i always i always uh, i always appreciated just just how flexible you were and, and god we had, we had we had a lot of, a lot of fun uh fishing together you know yeah. um but you know my, my tagline for stage four outdoors is you know it's about the experience being more important than the end result oh, yeah. and and that's where i'm at right now it's very it's the the, the, the experience is very important to me but man i'd be remiss if i didn't Talk about the results that that me and you and Matt had. It just you know, and I touched on this a few minutes ago, but God, it seemed like every time we were underwater, we got it. We got into fish, yeah. you know. Yeah,
1: we we did and, uh, we did have some good trips.
0: You know, well, you know, I, th- there was two trips that I remember vividly, and you know, the one was a five fish day. Mm-hmm. And while that trip was that was a great trip because I think I don't I know Matt got two, mm-hmm. and you got you got the first one. Did you catch? And I know I caught some, but, so I don't know how the five were split. Yeah, that I don't remember, but I don't, don't Matt, remember, but I'd only I got was, two. I think, yeah. Yep. I know Matt got two, and then you and I had three between us. I, yep. don't, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. But um, the, the thing about that trip was, is that was when uh, Kick and Minnows were 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 kind of hitting the scene. Yep. Remember that? Sure do. And I discovered this pattern on a lake, and, and, uh, um, I know that pattern still works too, John, by the way, because I, I, uh, I, I exploited it not last year, but the year before and got Good. one. Um, and uh, we got into them, and I, we, I think we had the five in the boat, and Matt hooked up again. Mm-hmm. And both you and I knew that, that it was bait. Yeah. And, and this was one of my bigger mistakes as a guide that day because I was, I had the net ready. And I was so focused on that fish, I really wasn't you know paying attention to what Matt was doing, and you know my thing that I always told my clients is you know leave about a full length of, you know uh you know, however long your rod is, leave about that much line mm-hmm. you know don't don't reel it up close and um you know unfortunately, I was watching that fish and and it was uh, hard not that to, was it was hard not to watch oh. that fish. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and folks, I'll tell you that fish was so big that John and I, neither one, will still call out how big it was. No, yeah, you know, I mean it was, yeah. it, it, it 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 was big, and you know, for it was, it was certainly over four foot. Right. It was certainly oh, yeah. over four foot, definitely, well over four foot. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, unfortunately, just as I was going to net the thing, it it, ga- it gave a head shake and, and the hooks came out. And you know, the funny thing about that, and now that I think about it, is. Hell, I think you and I were more upset about that than Matt. Yeah, was. he
1: was just kind of like, okay, he started casting, and we were still sitting there, looking at each other, going, Uh, "What's it? <laughs> yeah. You know, we had a uh, well, we had a five fish day, and we're upset because we lost the one. You know, but yeah. but we that was still that was still one of my better Northwoods uh, fishing days that I've ever had. So uh, yeah, that, yeah, you're not going to catch them all, that but that would have been a good one to catch. So.
0: God, yeah. I mean, that had to put us at six fish with an absolute giant, right. and we we had some, you know, nice upper thirties. I think I think we thirty nine was our biggest that day, right. but you know, five fish. I think they were all like thirty to thirty nine inches. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, I I I'd, I'd take that. I would. I I'd, I'd take that all day long. And I think that's
1: know? what when I saw that fish, you know, I you're like, hey, we're gonna go, you know, go out and catch some fish, and we. Yeah. Ne- I don't think we'd ever been there before, and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to some you know, a little action lake where we're going to be just, you know, catching fish, which is fine. I mean, I, that's, mm-hmm. I'll still do that any time. So when that big one hit, it was kind of like, oh, I thought we were on a action lake here. You <laughs> know, what's this thing doing yep. in here? So yep. but as yep. well, as we and, found and, out, and, and, yeah. there were plenty of big ones in there. So
0: yeah, yeah. And then, and then a little while later, I don't know if it was the next year or whatever, we were back out there. We had a three fish day out yeah. there. And, and I, and I had a, I had a day of days that day mm-hmm. because it was the only time in my only time in my life where I ever did, did, did back-to-back casts and, and caught two fish and, yep. uh, caught caught two fish. And, and I remember when I, when I hooked into the second one, I'm like, this one's this is big, 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 big fish. And and I remember you going, Well oh, it was like 39 inches. I'm no, like, oh, I got another one. Yeah. And that one was, that one was like 46 <laughs> yeah. inches. I yep. Think, if I remember. Yep. It right, was 46 you know? inch you know, back, back to back cast. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that, uh, th- those days, those, those days were fun. And, and then, uh, you know, just like all, uh, you know, unfortunately not all good outdoor things, you know, st- stay forever. Deer camps end right. and, oh, yeah. and fishing things end. And, and I ended up, you know, we fished together until I moved down here right. in 09. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we fished together for six or seven years. And, but, uh, I think that kind of sums up, uh, our early years, yeah. uh, you know, back back, you know when when we were just when we were just fishing together. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about a question that that you asked early on when when we when we started fishing, and and this then we'll we'll get into kind of where you're at now, and then I'll kind of stop talking and start asking you some stuff. But I remember you, you said, "Where do where do I buy my leaders?" Mm-hmm. And and I told you, I said, I, "I make my own." And you said, "You said why?" And I said, "Well." All the leaders on the market in my opinion you know the, the, they were junk mm-hmm. and you know snaps would break you know you can find some with ball bearing swivels, but most of them were barrel swivels and you know i i had I had snaps break i had i had swivels break, and you know then I just started ordering in good components and and tying up my own leaders and I just just went with you know six eight inch steel leaders and i you know I tied them all myself and you know i i, I never I never had an issue. Mm-hmm. And you asked me then if I thought there was a hole in the market for a leader company. Mm. And, you know, I said, I, I, yeah, I know there is, you know, but you know, my, I remember my, my question to you is, you know, I, I don't know if the musky market is big, is, is big enough for, for a leader company. Right. But, but, you know, so, so we talked at length about that, you know, in, in the boat. So, and, and then you decided to do it, yep. you know, you said, I'm going to do it. Yep. So when did you start to, when did you start tell sell tackle?
1: Probably back. It was probably about old four five, right around then. I think, okay. uh, probably old five was what we originally first yeah. st- really started making them and getting them out there on the market. And, and a lot of it was just evolved from fishing with, you know, different people like you and, and, uh, Learning, you know, guys, I, I would question everybody. Where do you get good leaders? Where do you get good leaders? And everybody would would pretty much come up with the same answer. Well, I usually make my own because there just isn't anything out there that I to trust, you know. So, so you know, that's when we were. I was pretty much driven to put something out there with, you know, you, you could find good components, but then lousy materials. Or or yep. vice versa. Hey, this is top notch material, but the the components were skipped on. So uh, we just yeah. did, did everything we could to find the best components and the best materials, combine them in a little kind of new, unique way, and and that's how it kind of started, you know. So.
0: Yeah, and, and and I and I would agree with that that sentiment exactly because yes, it was it was one or the other. Right. You couldn't you. you yeah. And, and, and listen, a leader basically is, you really got three parts to it. You, you, you got, you know, the material or body of the leader, you, you got the, the, the swivel and, and the and snap, the snap right? connecting
1: end. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And, and, you know, sometimes you'd get two good pieces. Sometimes you'd get one, right. sometimes you get, you know, three, three junk. Mm-hmm. But what you did is you came up with good components and, and all, all three are, all three are
1: excellent. Yep. That's what um, we, yep. Um,
0: so when you started what did you and these are i these are questions i don't know the answers to what did you come out with did you come out with steel seven strand floral well, I guess floral
1: I don't know floral was pretty much our our claim to fame or what really got us off the ground and and that goes back to again uh uh Listening to to people that that know a lot more than I do, and in the years of, of what I that I spent going up to, to Andy Myers Lodge and fishing with with Steve Herbeck, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Herbie's the guy that pretty much, well, you know, he kind of I, I don't want to say pioneered the fluorocarbon into musky fishing, but. You know, he really drove it home with people and, and really, uh, you know, explained it to people and, and, and told people that they needed to be using this type of leader, but. Because you didn't, because you didn't get
0: it from me. Because I because you were all steel. Yeah. Because the first time I think, I, was I think the
1: first time we showed up with fluorocarbon leaders in your boat, you're like, yeah, I don't know about that stuff. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah. so well, we, 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 you know, uh Steve taught me a lot about that, about the fluorocarbons and, and all that stuff. And again, so when I go out to buy fluorocarbon leaders, I can't find you know what I want. And you start learning that, you know, not all fluorocarbons are created equal. And th- there are there are good fluorocarbons, there's bad fluorocarbons. You know, uh, we would need a whole nother day to get into that. But um, right. you know, so it pretty much evolved from going up there and fishing with him. And and I'm like, okay, so I made these fluorocarbon leaders on my own and from fishing with different guides and people, you know, I'd go around there like, Hey, where did you get those leaders? I'm like, well, I made them. Well, can you make me some? And, you know, it just kind of spiraled from that, you know? So. Yep. Yep. And,
0: And I, and I was an outlier when it comes to leaders for, for two reasons. Okay. Um, Number one, I didn't believe in floral and it, I do now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a big floral believer now and, and and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I had gotten so sick of shitty components mm-hmm. that I went away from snaps altogether. Right. And I literally just had a split ring on the end of mine, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I split ringed, um, all my, all my baits, right, right to my leader. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that all changed when my, when my eyes hit about 45 years old. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, and, it happens and it to just, us all. Yes. Yeah. You know, it was just such a pain in the ass. I, I just finally said, you know what, screw it. And, and I got, got, you know, got some from you that, that have snaps sure. on them, you know? So, and, and your snaps are phenomenal and they never fail and they don't come apart. Right. And,
1: um, and, you, know, you the, know, the snaps have kind of got a bad rap and, a, and, a, and really a bad rap of late where everybody's back on the solid rig kick. Uh, once again, but the the oh are are, are they back? yeah oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of evolving a little bit and and oh hell I didn't know and that. but the thing is with snaps is and it doesn't matter what snap you're using yeah there's good snaps yeah there's bad snaps but if you're using a high quality snap it it still can fail and you've got to change them out if you keep changing those things out <sighs> you're not gonna you're not gonna run into problems with them you know so
0: and and
1: be, and, and you
0: know you know who they fail
1: on. They fail on Larry the Lure Changer. That that is true. The more you change your baits, the the the, the more often you're going to have to, to change that snap out. If you're changing it out, you know, yeah. at the same pace as your buddy who who changes his lure twice a day and thinking that that well well it's going to last as long as his, it's not. You know, so that's what you you, yeah. you have to you have to be be uh, wise about about changing those things out because they are it's spring tension. So every time you open and close it you, you basically weaken it, you know, so 150, yeah. 200 openings yeah. and closings is about the life of a snap.
0: Oh, so, so you, you measure that you, you,
1: you, you, yeah. you, you know, yeah, that, actually huh? we do. okay uh, And, and not, you know, I, I didn't figure it out. Actually the, the guy I'll give, you know, I'll, get, I'll give credit to somebody else for something, but uh, Rick Albers who owns chaos tackle, uh, he bought mm-hmm. a glide bait, the, the shub, shub glide bait. So they're real okay. finicky glide bait. And so he makes sure before he sells any of them, he water tests every single one. And he would go to the pond by his house and test these things. And he called me one day and he's like, hey, I got some information for you. He goes, you know, no matter if, whether I open them slow or fast or, or what, he goes, between 150 and 200 openings and closings, those snaps will will break on me. And I was like, that's great. That's good to know. Now I got a number. And if you think about it, that's a lot of, for the average guy who's out on the water fishing, that's a lot. That's a long time.
0: With with my fishing now evolving into more multi-species, I I don't know that I would, I don't know that I open and close a snap 150 times a year. On every right. on any given sure. leader, I right. really It don't. could last you a year. It yeah, could other. last you, you know. It could last some yeah. guys a
1: couple trips. Yeah.
0: So you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then the other thing that's happened is I've is I've gotten older, and you know, bought a few more rods here and there. Mm-hmm. Is is now literally, I've got a bucktail rod in my boat. I've got a jerkbait right. rod in my boat. I got a crankbait rod in my boat, and I got a I've got a uh, a rubber rod right. in my boat. You know, for for throwing, you know toads or bulldogs or, or whatever mm-hmm. and and you know so i'm I'm fortunate or where, where you know i don't have this one rod or two rod i can you know at the start of a day depending on you know what the fish are going on or what color water i'm fishing or what the conditions are you know put four lures on sure. or or you know and, and 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 fish a day and never ever open a snap again you know so it's it right. may, maybe once a day right. for me sure you yeah. know
1: yep yep so did you ever do seven-strand? Yep. We do seven-strand. Do you still? Do still do it. It's, uh, it's not okay. the most popular leader we make, but there's still a lot of guys. There's still a market for it. There's still a lot of guys that, that, that like the seven-strand. And, uh, you know, one of the things it, it, I've kind of learned about it is that it's a good application for some of these lures out there that are a little bit leader-sensitive.
0: Yep. So. Uh, that's what I was going to say. There is uh, – I know – um, they, they help with a lot mm-hmm. of things and, you know, they're to, to, and that's exactly what I was going to say is I don't use them anymore, but back in the day I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, for what I liked about them is where I found the application was a uh, six inch Twitch. Baits. Yeah. I just thought my six inch Twitch baits were a little more lively with seven strand, sure. but yeah. you know, now now I just use right. floral, yeah. you know, so really, where, where, where I'm at with it, and I think a lot of guys are, is you know on my on my jerk baits or you know walk the dog topwater baits. I, you know I'm kind of steel leader, and then everything else I'm
1: I'm floral. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, would you
0: agree with that? Is that kind of what? Yeah, you're Yeah, there's there?
1: it's it could vary. You know, it could it could depend on your style of fishing too. Some guys, uh, depending on how they work a bait with their rod or their or or their, uh, uh, you know, just the way they work it one style of leader might work better for them than another one, you know. So there's a lot of a lot of trial and error with that. Uh but you know, my preference is I use I use a lot of wire on small stuff that's real, like I said, leader sensitive. So early in the yeah. year, whether I'm on clear water or not, I'm usually using smaller wire leaders. And then uh top water I prefer wire just because without a swivel and a direct tie, you can make it virtually a weightless leader. And then your your yep. walk the dog stuff or your jerk baits and then uh bucktails and rubber. I'm still big on, on the fluorocarbon. So okay, interesting.
0: Yep. Um what's your biggest seller? Do you know? Uh still fluorocarbon. Yeah. 100 and, it, 100 and, okay. 130 hundred and
1: thirty pound fluorocarbon are still what we produce, which were probably the biggest producers from the day we started all the way up through today we still sell still sell more of those than just about anything so okay
0: all right cool so you started came out of the market with with fluorocarbon Mm -hmm. you know i I remember that and then you know i mean you you got me a bunch of steel Mm -hmm. leaders right away Mm -hmm. you know I, i i used those um has your product offering changed much from when you started? I mean, have you have you expanded, or is it just still? Yeah, leaders? No, Well,
1: yeah, we do. Uh, one of the things that we have expanded into that that uh, has been kind of nice over the past few years. You know, there's a lot of people that like to build their own stuff. I mean, they just they just want to uh-huh. build their own leaders, which is fine. I get that because that's how i started so Uh, it it, you know listen i mean
0: can can right now on on with the way the country is i mean i bet you there's a lot of guys tying bucktails tying flies tying leaders oh yeah it's a a, a decent hobby so we
1: we expanded pretty much to cover most all of the terminal tackle that is a guy would need in the uh in the muskie and pike market you know uh so we carry all the components all the uh all the materials and everything like that. We've got that available now, so we've expanded to that. If you ever come to our booth at a show, we bring all that stuff with so guys can mix and match the stuff they need, you know, for the right applications they're Uh looking for. Uh, We do – we rep for high seas uh, products, which is uh, braided line and monofilament. um, If guys like to troll with it. So we do fishing line, uh, the terminal tackle. And then a couple of years ago, we acquired – the One-Eyed Willie Topwater Baits from uh, Monster Lures. Billy was kind of, uh, with his kids getting, starting to grow up, was more involved with them, didn't have time for the tackle business, so he kind of started liquidating that out a little bit. And a few of us, I was like, well, I'll take the Topwaters, and Brad and Kerry took his rabbit squirrel line, and Jeff Widman took his squirrels. so he kind of dispersed all of that. And uh, we've been okay. to with those for the past couple of years, so.
0: Those are great walk the dog topwater mm-hmm. baits, folks, for, for you guys listening and you know, and I and, and I have I have a couple of them. Uh, but those are great walk the dog topwater baits. I just they, they ride in the water different than, than most everything else. The one I have is a short one, and I really like that because if a fish hits it, you you know, you I mean you're you're gonna get hooked Yeah, They're they're a know.
1: heavy, a heavy uh, I call it low profile, sits low in the water. So it's not mm-hmm. light where, you know, it, th- when the fish are coming up on a lot of those baits, they'll blow up straight out of the water before they get an opportunity to yeah. get the hooks in them. They'll, they'll stay down, yeah. giving the fish the opportunity to, to actually get the lure in its mouth. So,
0: Yeah, I, I, I have a dock, and, and I finally quit throwing it because I, I don't know how many fish I lost on, mm-hmm. that, on that on that lure over the year. No, number one, the hook the hook placement on it, in, in my opinion, isn't great. There's only two hooks. Um, you know, one about a quarter of the way, third of the way down the body, and then a tail mm-hmm. hook. But they just ride, they just ride so high in sure. the water. And and I I firmly believe when that when the fish swing at those things that they, the the lure's so light that the the fish is obviously moving water mm-hmm. when it goes to hit that lure and when it moves the water, yeah, it just blows. Right. The, lure the water out is the actually and they, pushing and it. The it.
1: water actually pushes the lure away from the fish. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. so these stay put yeah. a little bit yeah. better. So they're a little more finicky to to use. I mean, they're they're you know they're heavy. You got to use your slack line. Uh, so you know yeah. you got to concentrate with them a little bit more. But they are uh, very effective, especially effective if you've got a big fish located and you know you're going back on it. Uh, you know that's yeah. a, a great bait to uh, to throw at them.
0: So yeah I can't tell you how many big fish i've i moved over the years go back on it whether I walked it on top water mm-hmm. you know at, at right. dark or or whatever moon phases is is, is mm-hmm. happening you know um what about uh, a- anything else i mean i I know and I don't know if you're still doing this or not but i I thought it was pretty cool was you know that that little kit that you had that um that uh, had all the components in it and you know the terminal we still do
1: those as a terminal tackle kit which is along the line of the the components we sell but when you're out the boat you're always looking for you know extra snaps or or your split rings and you can't find them so you're spending all the time so we kind of put it together in a nice little terminal kit and uh, got different size snaps got a few extra swivels in there in case you have an emergency where you got to throw something together yourself and then uh, a couple Mm -hmm. different size split rings because you know you're always you know, hopefully you're always cutting hooks or split rings at some point. And uh, so you got to replace those. So yeah, just a nice little kit. So you got everything that'll, and it'll fit into a backpack or boat bag or tackle bag, or just a compartment in your boat where you're not spending all that time hunting, you know, hunting through the boat, wondering what you did with that bag of snaps or that bag of split rings. And hopefully, hopefully it's just another, another thing that we could put out that will help jog people's memory to remember to change those snaps out
0: yeah i was you know i I don't want to call call this guy out but i'm gonna chris Liskey, a good good friend of mine and and the crew that i hang out with and he was having a week in canada i mean i i think he had two or three over 50 a four-footer a a 49 and um uh, we were kind of hopping boats and i ended up with him ended up in the boat with him on the last day and we we were coming up on a spot, and and he set the hook and that rod loaded up, and and we, he knew this fish was there. He had seen this fish earlier okay. in the week, and less than a minute he hooked up on it. I'm like, oh, that's a big fish, and I quickly grabbed the net. And the next thing I know, his rod goes limp, and I got all kinds of line draped over me because the line snapped. <laughs> and, it, and it was actually oh. it was actually quite funny because literally the leader, the way the line laid over my head, the leader hung directly in front of my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and it's a true story. And, and the first thing I could see was the, the loop on the leader was broke and the snap was gone and his bait was uh-huh. gone. And, and I said, have you changed leaders all week? And he said,
1: nope. And <laughs> I said, well, you probably should He probably <laughs> thought it was his lucky leader.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I forget. I don't even know if they make them anymore. It was, it was that flexible one where they made out of titanium. Yeah, Terminator? Terminator, yeah,
1: uh-huh. yeah. That's yep, yeah, that's what it was. Are they even still around? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I tried it. We try to yeah. kind of, I, I kind of stay away from, from titanium. We, I mean, we could make it, sell it, and make. And they, they would be a very expensive leader, but. Ah, uh, there's just been too many horror stories through the years with titanium that I just don't. If yeah. I'm not comfortable using it, I'm not going to put it out on the market. That's mm-hmm. a that's a super strong material, but for uh, fishing and leader purposes, I just I just don't see a place for it. You know, as far as reliability yeah.
0: goes. Well, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you this: when that happened, I reached into my bag of Stealth Tackle leaders and I handed it to the Stealth <laughs> Tackle leader. I said, "Here." Use use one of these, and I know, and I know that's that's what he's using now. Nice. So anyway, Good. um, so so moving yeah. on, it, it's truly all about the components, isn't
1: it? Yeah, the components in the yeah. and you know, like I said, it, it, you know, you want to have, you know, to me, there's no better snap on the market than a than a Streege Staylock snap. I mean, if you're, a yeah. lot of people struggle with them, and, and I tell them, you know play around with them when you're not on the water, when you're sitting at home on the couch and learn to use them because they're, they're going to last longer than anything else. And they're, you know, you're just going to have, you're going to help eliminate failure, you know, just learn to learn to yeah. open it. There's a reason they're, they're, they're hard to open and close for a good reason, you know? So yes, that's, that's what I try yes. to tell
0: yeah. people. So yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like sure. a deadbolt. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so other than components, it, you know, what goes into making the leaders? I mean, are, are, who's making them? Are you doing yeah. it? How do you stay on top of quality control? Well, we still do them
1: all in house in our shop, which is in our garage. So I, I laugh a lot of times Would I'll go see on social media or on, uh, uh, on, on Forbes or that people want to know, you know, uh, a good leader that's that's not a store brand that you know that guys are making in their basement it's like well people don't realize that we actually make these things one at a time still i have had opportunities to outsource it and just for the one of the reasons you just brought up i don't and that is quality control so i've got myself but i got a handful of guys that that help me out i got uh a couple friends that do it that that work part-time for me a couple people that that uh do it away from me, um, and, and ship things to me when they get them ready. But ultimately I'm the one that pretty much touches every leader that goes in the package. So, um, that, that's how it gives me peace of mind when I'm selling something that, you know, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that we're putting something out there that people can put their faith in. So. And,
0: and so, and that's great. And, you know, so, so the leader itself just, just walk us through the components of one of your floral
1: carbon leaders, from 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 sure top, top to bottom. Top, so the yeah, swivel, top to bottom, the, the mm-hmm. tie,
0: you know, yep. all of it.
1: So walk the us uh, the swivels uh, that was a little painstaking and expensive because uh, we found uh, that while there's good swivels on the market. That are U.S. made, they could be very expensive. So what we set out to do was to find our uh, a swivel that we could get at the right pricing without making a leader a twenty dollar leader. Uh, so mm. you know to be able to to mass produce them, and so we spent a lot of money and a lot of time uh, getting samples from overseas. Which if you've ever had to do that before they want money before they said you anything. It's not like you could call up a company on the phone and go, Hey, send me some of your samples and we'll try it out. Uh, it's uh-huh. payment up front, and which also consists of at least $30 shipping to get stuff over here. So uh, a lot of time okay. and money to find a, uh, a company over there that produced something good enough that would work with us, on uh, the different sizes that we needed. So we, we, we bring in our old own, own brand swivels. Um, so okay. that's at uh, the top end of the uh, fluorocarbon leaders, which is usually our standard ones, one hundred and fifty pound test. And then um, our mm-hmm. process that we did at Vent Leaders, but we were one of the first out there that started. We do a uh, a knot along with a crimp, so we're knotting yep. and crimping it, yep. so that we use uh, either high seas or Seaguar material. Depending on what pound test okay. it is, uh, the High Seas is uh, is a, a brand that uh, it's been real popular in the salt market, not so much in freshwater market. But one of the things and one of the reasons that, that I really, really like the, the High Seas material is it's got a, a much harder coating on it than anything else out there. So for abrasion okay. resistance, that's what we want. We want a nice hard coating on that thing, on that leader, so that the fish yeah. can't obviously bite through it. So, uh, and then on our higher pound tests, when you start getting up too high, it gets harder to tie some of that, uh, some of that stiffer fluorocarbon. We, we, we go back with Seagar uh, and Seaguar is a name that. You know, if you know any if you if you've heard about fluorocarbon, you've heard about Seagar. right? Uh, invented fluorocarbons back in the back in the early seventies for the for the saltwater guys. So uh, that's a okay. name that, that pretty much speaks for itself. So uh, and that and uh, bottom end of the leader on the fluorocarbon, same thing. Uh, another knotted ad crimped, uh, with with enough of a loop there to give that uh, that snap that we put on there. Enough room to move around, not only move around a little bit for for different lures, you know, so that they got a little flat, like a, almost like a hinge there, but also yep. so you can change out those snaps without wrecking the whole leader. So you don't sure. have to go out and yep. buy another leader just because your snap isn't working or is is uh, has worn out. Yeah. Um, and then the snap, um, a staple in the musky world uh, forever, has been uh, stringies. So, Yeah. So,
0: so speaking of snaps, tell me a little bit about that new system that I saw at the Milwaukee show a couple
1: months ago. Or the month Fast ago. Hatch yeah. Snap. Rewind it yeah, on, wind it yeah, off. Yeah, okay, yeah, those yeah. are made yeah. by Stree's, same company. And uh, they came out with that yeah. as an alternative because there's a lot of guys that just can't figure out how to open and close that stay lock snap or have problems with their hands where they can't do it. So the owner came out with that okay. snap where you just yep. twist it on and twist it off uh, um, to help people out with mm-hmm. that. And, and they're okay, but they're not uh, They're not a stay-lock snap. And I tell people, if, if you can open a stay-lock snap yeah. and you don't have any problem with the stay-lock snap, stick with it. Uh, I,
0: l- listen, I, I looked at one. I can see the application for it. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really can. But for me... Uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be interested in it because I'm perfectly capable of, mm-hmm. of using the Staylock snap, you know. But I
1: can see the. Application oh yeah, they're they're nice. Go, I like you know? them trolling late in the year when I got my gloves on because you could change a bait without taking your gloves on and off. Uh, trolling, they're okay. Uh, yep. Some baits, they're they're okay with. If you're using anything with like a real thin through wire or a bucktail with a with a real small shaft, I don't like them because you got to pitch the end down because they can't lures can't work their way off of them so that's 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 the only drawback to them is if you're using yeah. them with with those smaller baits with a thin wire you could run into problems with them.
0: okay gotcha gotcha so hey listen yep. in, in light of the coronavirus um mm-hmm. several shows have been canceled yep. uh i know the, the minnesota's show's done uh, our good friend Steve Hiding, uh, he's yep. been on the podcast. I know you and him are friends. He he had to cancel. He had to cancel uh, uh, speaking engagement this yeah. weekend. So a lot of a lot yep. of shit's being canceled because of the coronavirus, and right, right yep. rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's got to be. You know, um, you know. I, I, I just saw an ad on on TV. where I was watching. It was. It's kind of interesting. It's the total side note here, but I was watching the NC State and uh, Houston uh, NCAA championship game from 1983. So, you know, but anyway, and and when that was on, you know, there was a commercial that said, you know, hashtag, uh, something uh, alone or, you know, being alone and that, you know, we all, all need to, you know, social distance and, and stay alone. So, well, which I agree with, you know, and, and until this thing passes. So in light of that, what are you doing (laughs) John? Because I know, I, I saw I saw a post on social media the other yeah, day. Yeah, well, you're because of the show get well.
1: canceled, and then we had a number of events that also got canceled that I was planning on attending. Um, Ryan McMahon and Pete Rich put on some seminars at, at fishing clinics. We were going to do one in Iowa, one on Lake Geneva. Uh, and then Ryan has his classrooms up in the Twin Cities. You know, all that stuff kind of got put on hold along with the show. Uh, uh, we even had to cancel our... our uh, Indiana Muskie Classic this year, which I'm the title sponsor of. But that's always a good time. And unfortunately, that's one of the events Steve was scheduled to speak at, which is which is always fun because Steve comes out and, yep. and speaks for us every couple of years for that, and then we get an opportunity to go out and fish fish the lakes out in Indiana. So, but anyway, so yep. a lot of people pick up. Uh, plan on picking up product from me at all these different events so that they don't have to pay the shipping prices on things so what we're doing right now it's temporary but it's kind of definite we're kind of played it by ear depending on how things are going to play out which none of us know we're offering free shipping um on any of the orders right. so i mean even if you just order one pack of liters uh there's not going to be any any shipping uh involved with that so that's that's what we're doing right now to, to to kind of counter that because even like the Minnesota show, you know, a lot of people waited till they saw me at those shows to stock up on their, on their stuff for the year. So now they have an opportunity to get it in their hands. So, right. Well,
0: well, th- thank thank you for that, and you know, I'll, I you know, for me, I'll, I'll say it, and, and I think on behalf of all the other muskie fishermen yep. fishermen out there, so so thanks for that. That's that's why Stealth Tackle. That's another example of why Stealth Tackle is a is a great yep. operation. So so I appreciate so myself, and I know yep, everyone else will pre- yep, appreciate no it. Problem. So thanks for that. Hey hey, kind of kind of wrapping up here. You know where where can. Where can my listeners find your uh, find your lures and most uh, well the, the leaders
1: and that are are at most musky retailers. Uh, we do have a website, stealthtackle.net, and that's primarily where, where you will find the uh, lures along with all of our leaders because the lures were, we're only able to put out in uh, limited quantities. Uh, so but mm-hmm. we all are if you're in need of leaders, we we are keeping most of our. Retailers are all staying stocked up this time of year, uh, you know, for springtime and that, you know, even even with, with the things that have been happening lately, you know, I, I hope people are, are still out there supporting these shops that, that have a lot invested uh, to, to have fishing equipment on hand for us. And I hope people appreciate that. We'll go out and support these guys still and uh, get stuff from them you know so that's that's yeah you i hope know, so too that that's a it's a big undertaking to, for some of these stores to have to carry the type the, the amount of inventory they are for the for the year and even the online guys too you know i i hope everybody's going to support them we're you know we're trying to do our part to make sure they stay stocked up with stuff and then and, and still have stuff readily available on our website too so
0: yep yeah good cool good good hey um any final thoughts john well we could probably
1: keep going for another hour or two if we wanted to so (laughs) i I know uh, no we covered (laughs) a lot you know a lot of a lot of good memories a few things i didn't even remember so that that, that's always that's a good time so uh you know we'll we'll have to revisit it you know hopefully when things perk up a little bit here and and guys start getting back out on the water and, and hopefully we can get some more more uh create some more news stories here this year yeah
0: i would i I would love to uh to get a weekend back up in uh, oneida county and visit visit a special little little honey hole and uh see if we can make i I even told steve uh, a couple
1: weeks ago when we were talking about the indie classic i was like hey on your way down so you don't gotta drive the whole way by yourself, stop to pick up stealth fluid, bring him with you, and we'll go and that way we can fish for the two days. So <laughs> you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah. i yeah. d I'd, I'd have been I'd have been up for that too. I'd have been up for that. We've got him and I got Yeah, you guys uh, got
1: something coming up. Well, we, yeah. we
0: got a couple of tur Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple turkey hunting trips coming up and, and him and I started one. I take him to my hometown. He actually stays with with me and my mom and, and we bought our tanks mm-hmm. for that this week on Monday of this week. So we got that and then of course we got the the annual uh right. turkey camp up up in Kadat. that's kind of become this right. that's kind of become the stuff of legends but um that that's that's always fun too and and the cool thing about that hunt this year is Eric who's our camp host uh uh, his boys uh, got tags, and and so we're we're gonna have a we're gonna have <laughs> yeah, a ton of nice. hunters in the woods for that for that trip. So I, that that one's that one's gonna be fun. I'm, I did hear a, for, a story the other day about that.
1: about your cast blast trip that uh, I'll probably I I should I I heard I heard the story about your your special skills for for catching certain species. So I, I should probably leave that for you guys to, to talk <laughs> about. Was... But I got a kick out of that story. So that's what people can stay <laughs> tuned for. So. Well,
0: yeah, that, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll bring that up another time. But yeah, that that that, that was that was a, that was a fun trip. That that was a fun trip. And and our plan too is what we're going to do. I've already got it scheduled. I got to write the script, but uh, there there good. will be a podcast. Well, that, that's a good that story as well. So, so. so <laughs> yeah, that's we had We had, a, we, had a, we had a ton of fun. Um, I'll, I'll tell one story. And you know, I, I grew up in a in a little bitty town in western Wisconsin, and 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 Steve and I and my brother were, were trout fishing after a morning of turkey hunting. And uh, my brother said, "Well, let's let's." There's a little local bar that that we hung out at, you know, and it was where my dad hung out. And you know, Greg wanted to, my brother Greg wanted to take Steve there. and Steve's <laughs> like, "I got hip waders on. I can't go to the bar." I'm like, "Oh, the hell you can't." I said, I'll guarantee you all anyone's going to do is ask you how many fish you caught. And, and so we he wore his hip waders into the bar. Obviously, he rolled them down, and we were sitting there having a beer, and <laughs> everyone's like, hey, did you guys catch any fish? So he said, he said I like this place. So... <laughs> yep. Oh, so... John, thanks a lot for uh, you know for not only coming on the podcast but but no being problem. a sponsor. I, I appreciate it, and you know let let's let's get back up north again yep. this year. So we we got to make that happen. So anyway, hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Stage Four Outdoors podcast, where the experience is more important than the end result.